warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hey, what's the matter for you? You like the zombies? You like the mobsters? Then you're definitely gonna like the zombie mob. It's got everything. Zombies, mobsters, zombies. It's got the family, and especially, it's got the zombies. So put your iTunes to the zombie mob. Order your browser to thezombiemob.blogspot.com. The zombie mob, it's an offer you cannot refuse. Listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Fuck with my beard. It's not real. No shit. Well, it was real, but you see, I got sick and all the hair fell out, so I had to wear this fucking thing. How'd you get sick? I loved a woman who wasn't clean. Mrs. Santa? No, it was her sister. Damn, son. I don't appreciate this challenge, man. This shit ain't even my style. Forcing rhymes, doing five and seven syllable multis. But whatever, though. As soon as I heard this beat that Milk Plus sent me, I knew what I had to do, bro. Milk, you the man, son. I got mad love for you. Let's do this to them, kids. Yo, we approach this. Cautious. Take no losses. Gotta show motherfuckers who the boss is. Fuck that. This song straight. No narrative. No plus XO. We embarrass kids. No embellishment. Just establish it. We came to destroy the establishment. We write like stars while you grabbing shit. We write tight bars while you bastards slip. No denying it. This is what you bastards get. Slacking off while we motherfucking master the hits. Yo, Chad Lang. up my boy in the sticks. I can see him kicking up and joining the shit. Fucking podcast. Tripping up annoying the dicks As for haters, he don't give a fuck Destroying the bricks That's my man, though Also all the fans, yo Y'all encourage just to be the best And that's the plan, so Every time you hear us on the track We bring the A-game Lay flame down Better watch it Y'all get way late They say We may win the shit And get the payday But even if we do We still be shopping at the Safeway Clean up man. in aisle six Can you pass me that box of frosted strawberry Oh, no cocktails? That's mine You mean it's yours What part of mine do you not understand? I'm a customer here What the Fantastic, flows expand passion. Never will you ever forget this damn bastard. Milk plus delivers the goods, he brings the ass kick. The moment when you about to hit play, enthusiastic. And then you feel spastic, yeah, we bombastic. Hurricane kicks to the throat, you need a mattress. Lay down, I'll move to the side, we do not play around. We came and got control of this game. You need to stay down, complain when I console in your pain. But it's okay now, and since I'm about to fall to this thing, I'm going away now. Listen, lady, are you giving a fucking pop tarts? Seriously. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 96 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Happy holidays. Hey, it's the holiday season, isn't it? It certainly is. You know what? I actually tried to be all internationally sensitive. I was with some German people. Okay. And we were talking about the holidays. And these are like genuine German people. They're not like 
seventh generation Americans that happen to have a Vaughn in their last name. These are actual people that hail from live in Germany. Nice. I, so did you discuss like the Chris Kindle marked or glue wine or any of those lovely traditions? I, I did. I brought up Krampus. <laughs> and they, they looked at me as if I were mad. I'm like, no, no. I start trying to explain it. Krampus, he's, you know, he got the, the horns on the head and he, he stuffs bad kids in a sack and he hits people with sticks. And the more I talked, the more they were looking at me like I was absolutely making stuff up while on serious drugs and kind of insulting their nationality as well. <laughs> I finally had to pull out my phone and like, you know, Google image search and go, look, see, you know, it's a real thing. It's you, you guys are from Germany. Still, they're not buying it. So I start reading the, the Wikipedia entry on it. I'm feeling just like this tall and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's tradition in la, la, Bavaria, blah, blah. And as soon as I say Bavaria, they're both like, oh, well, yeah, Bavaria. Those people. Like, how is that even possible? It's the same country. It's not that gigantic of a country that people on one side of the country haven't even heard of the weird wacky Christmas tradition of the other part? Where were your friends from? Uh, I'm not even sure. Not Bavaria, I found out. <laughs> Germany! Yeah, my wife's mom is from Bavaria, and so she knows who Krampus is, but Krampus, Krampus is. as I understand, Krampus is actually more of kind of an Austrian thing, and so Bavaria knows because Bavaria borders Austria. They're just right there. Yeah. But, you know, that's why northern Germany might not know so much about Krampus, I would guess. But they probably that's insane. Have... Look, I don't know. I'm from the complete opposite side of the country geographically and philosophically as the south, but I know about the KKK. Not the Krampus is like the KKK, though they both start are you, are, are you trying to bring up some sort of KKK Christmas? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Christmas festivities some, or something? I, I don't quite understand where you're going with it. stuff that happens on the other side of my gigantic country, I'm aware of it. I know the Southern Baptist passed the snake. I've never seen it before, but I know about it. Okay. I, I see what you're getting at, I guess. Wow. Is, are they that insular over there? I guess are they, they just are. Like, I don't know. I know about the crazies in Idaho. <laughs> I just noticed something about myself. Everyone I describe that's not me is the crazies. Yes, they're all the crazies, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I know everyone in the South is not in the KKK. That's just where it started, okay? Yes. Good. I'm glad that you cleared that up. Lord. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about our music this episode? This show, yeah. instead of going, you know, we've been featuring a lot of bands specifically, but uh, we're doing something a little different this show. Uh, last year, our friend Cloth and Pop helped put together a compilation for the website Nerdcore Now. And what it was was a vocalist-producer challenge. So they had a number of challenges, and you would come up with a pair, a vocalist and a producer, who would do a song. And the very best songs were put together for a compilation album. So the uh, first song we listened to tonight is the lead cut from last year's version of this. It's called The Masters by XOC and Milk Plus. And... This is building up to the second version of the Vocalist Producer Challenge, which is going to kick off in January. January 4th, the first challenge is coming out. A lot of groups are kind of marshalling their forces, as they were. And uh, we wanted to play a few cuts from the last version to get folks psyched up for the new version, as we are fans and friends of the Nerdcore community here in the Northwest. So... There you go. Uh, we're going to be checking out some more of this VPC stuff. Uh, you can actually get this album at Bandcamp at Nerdcore Now, all one word, dot bandcamp.com. 
Go straight there and you will find the VPC 2011 compilation. And uh, again, thanks to Cloth and Pop for giving us the heads up. Uh, there's going to be a number of different podcasts that will be involved in playing new songs as they're released for your voting for the most popular songs. And we will be doing one of those shows probably like February right here. So keep an ear peeled for that. And in the meantime, uh, watch for your chance to vote for your favorite cuts. Yeah. So there. That, that was quite a mouthful, but now that we've got that out of the way, we, why don't we do a little holiday? What pisses us off, man? Sure, let me start here. You know what pisses me off? What's that, my My friend? microwave. My microwave oven is now busted. Dude, you, you are like the fucking death knell of all appliances. What is the deal with you? I don't know why you say that. Coffee makers burst into flame at the mere sight of you. My, I, I bought a $20 Dish- Mr. Coffee now. It's doing great. Expensive dishwashers no longer will clean anything. Now That's not microwaves. True. The, the expensive dishwasher never cleaned anything to start with. Microwaves refuse to heat anything for you. I don't know what it yeah. is, like the magnetic impulses that emanate from your body or what the deal is, but stay away from my appliances, man. <laughs> you should pay me not to show up at your house, otherwise I... your appliances will suffer. <laughs> yeah, look, I got a new uh, water softener this year. I got a new water heater this year. By the way, you know what pisses me off? People that call it a hot water heater. That's stupid. It's a water heater. You don't call your freezer a cold water freezer. You don't call your washing machine a clean clothes washer. No. You don't call your dishwasher a clean dishwasher. No, you call it a broke dishwasher. I call it, damn it, I'm washing in the sink again. It's it's ridiculous. Don't call it a hot water heater. That's a totally useless extra word. You don't need it. Duly noted. I know you're a stickler for terminology. so You don't call it a hot water heater, do you? I do not. Okay. I don't think so. You do a lot of things that annoy me, but that's not one of them. I call it maybe. <laughs> that's one of them. What pisses you off, man? You know what pisses me off? Going to the doctor when you're not sick. Well, like for a date or something? Yeah, basically. So, you know, the insurance situation in this country gets more Byzantine all the time. And uh, my wife's insurance for her section of that, basically each year they add layer upon layer of rules to make sure that you're A, healthy, and B, legitimate. So like this year, she actually had to take a copy of our marriage certificate in to prove that I am a, a valid dependent for her insurance. Even though we've been married for, how I don't know, 12 years now, how, how long have we been married? Holy God, shit. a long time. Maybe a long thinking time. that you're about due for a divorce. No, we're, we've been married for our fi- like 15 years, and I actually used to work for this same company that she's working for, and we were married then. So it's not like they don't know who I am. And yet there's all these hoops you got to jump through. And so you got to go in now also for an annual wellness visit. Which, you know, the thing with the wellness visit is there's nothing really good that can come out of it. At best, you come out as healthy as you were going in. Yeah, best At case worst, is status quo. Yeah, they find out something is fucked up with you or they make that happen. So, of course, you know, you go in and I haven't had the tetanus shot and the whooping cough shot or whatever in years. So, oh, you need pow. the tetanus shot. Man. Yeah, so I get that. So my arm feels like it's been punched for like a week. And yeah, then, but you can still heat up your leftovers. I can't. I have no microwave. I got to get a, my cholesterol checked because I eat bacon and shit like that. And so 
of course, I like go in and I, I kind of joke around with the phlebotomist. I'm like, you know, wait a minute. I just got a tetanus shot. Are you going to actually suck the shot out that I just put in there? Because I'm going to be pissed if I have to come back. And she, you get this tetanus this shot. Is, this is what I get. She says, I like people who laugh at their own jokes. <laughs> nice. Thank you. So anyway, I come out of there looking like, frankly, a junkie. Like my arm got fucked by Darth Vader's torture device. Wow. I'm bruised. I've got like some toxic tape goo I can't get off my arm. I look like I've just been violated. My arm hurts like hell. It's been a week. I mean, I was just abused going in there, and I was healthy when I went in, and now I look like a junkie. This is bullshit, and it pisses yeah, me off. You needed a tetanus booster, see? Had but it wasn't the tetanus booster. It was taking the blood. Do you know what my wife got for her wellness visit? A little pinprick on her finger, and then they checked her cholesterol that way. They didn't take four pints of blood. It didn't require a NASCAR team to be taking the tubes away. Well, the problem is your blood is 90% bacon fat, so they have to take more of it. And what isn't bacon fat is beer. There's very little actual hemoglobin in there for them to test. Right. So it should be easy. Anyway, that pisses me off. You know what pisses me off is the flip side of that. What's that? As, as you have undoubtedly been beaten about the head and shoulders with i'm still suffering from the effects of a concussion and yeah, i that's all i ever say, hear about with you really yeah that's that's all concussion oh, all the time my head hurts i'm a pussy blah, 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 i can't do numbers i can't think blah, blah, i need to take a nap <laughs> yeah you should have seen my wife and i try to talk about how many milliliters were in a liter and i'm like oh god oh i used to know the metric system is it a thousand it's enough. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, so I finally go, look, my health plan includes a concussion clinic, specialists that handle this kind of thing. It's been three months. I said, okay, going to make an appointment with them. I get the recommendation. I go through everything to get the appointment. Finally, I think I'm going to get the appointment. They say, yeah, you, you really need to get in here as soon as you can. So, okay, I'll take the first thing. What do you got? All right, uh, how about 9 a.m., March 14th? <laughs> Nothing like a timely examination. No kidding. I should have asked for a wellness visit. I would have got right in. <laughs> yeah, you would have got right in. Yeah, I mean, if this was an internal bleeding clinic, there'd be a lot of dead patients, that's for sure. <laughs> nice. And then they sent me this, like, 25-page form to fill out for somebody trying to go in with brain damage. Lord. Well, you're a 40- should, like, give me a box of crayons and a picture to color. I could probably do that. Well, you're a 49ers fan, so you're at least a little brain damaged to begin with. Oh, oh, oh dear. So we got a bet going for this we Sunday? We got a bet going. Okay. So what, what is the deal? If the Seahawks win, you are buying me a bottle of something nice. If the uh-huh. 49ers win, I'm buying you a bottle of something nice. That's right. You know, it's funny. We're both, we were talking about this after this weekend. And I expected you to be all bombastic. Yeah, Seahawks got 50 points. And you expected me to be all chest pounding. Oh, did you see the way the Niners handled New England? And we both were like, oh, my God, we're going to die next week. <laughs> well, it's true. Well, I got to say, man, the, the Patriots are always a tough team. The Seahawks have very rarely beaten them. We beat them here this year for the first time in, like, over a decade. And... You know, you went there and kicked them right in the teeth. They hadn't been beaten in December in Foxborough in at least 10 years. Well, like, we're up 31-3, to three and we still almost lost the game. I don't yeah, know how that's true, that. but 
San Francisco went in there and punched him in the mouth. And this game on Sunday scares me a little bit because I know we can play with anybody, but I thought San Francisco looked tough. Yeah, I hope so. They got some great players, though. And beating new, up... beating up quarterback is a spaz, though. But beating up... You never up know on, if he's going to do a, a bullet pass 100 yards straight down the field into the end zone or if he's going to run backwards and fall down in his own end zone. It's, <laughs> you just don't know with that guy. Yeah. Well, all I know is that beating the Arizona Cardinals or beating up on the Bills is a vastly different thing than the 49ers defense. So we'll see what happens come Sunday. I will be there in all my full-throated glory in Section <laughs> 326, baby, yelling, screaming, giving it all for the team, and hopefully I will come out of there with the win and a sweet bottle of something to drink. Now, the last person who made a bet with me was my cousin George on the New Orleans game, and he had to pony up a lot of Cajun food, so I hope you're ready to bring the goods, man. I'm not worried. You're going to be bringing the goods. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll get a kicker that can make a field goal you know, outside of 30 yards. <laughs> That's one thing. It's going to be windy and wet here. And so Acres may have a long ass day. You know, really, that won't affect his kicking game in the least <laughs> because he's... he can't make it if it's no wind. I don't see how wind is going to change him. <laughs> well, do you know what we screwed up last episode? Remember how we switched? We didn't do any what pisses us off, so we could do our hates giving episode. Yeah. Well, we totally forgot about our guest. What pisses us off from Dillo? Ah. Well, that pisses me off. Yeah, so uh, here we go. All right. Hey, guys, it's Dillo in Berlin. I'm a long-time listener, but this is the first time anything has pissed me off enough to call. I had to go to Checkpoint Charlie last week, where the gate between East and West Berlin used to be. I generally avoid this part of the city, because that's where the tourists congregate, and tourists are somewhere between cockroaches and athletes' foot fungus on a list of the most annoying living organisms. I had finished what I had to do and was waiting at a bus stop reading when I was approached by an older couple, who were obviously American tourists, and just as obviously lost as a goose. They saw my book and asked if I spoke English. I should have lied and spoken to them in German, but I didn't, and as soon as they heard my accent, they knew I'm an American too. I don't know why, but as soon as an American tourist identifies another American in a foreign country, they automatically assume you have nothing better to do than listen to them talk, which I didn't, at least until the bus came, and that you're interested in what they have to say, which I most certainly wasn't. They asked if I knew the way to a museum about a half a block away, and I told them where it was. They were absolutely astounded I could give directions to a building I could see without using a map or GPS or anything. When they asked how I knew my way around the city so well, I told them I live here. They immediately started in on how awful it is to be sent overseas to work and asked me when I could go back to America. Up until then, they'd been really friendly. Annoying, but nice. As soon as I told them I wasn't sent here, I choose to live in Germany, they looked shocked. Actually, the woman looked like I just shit on her shoe, and the old boy started sputtering about how could I dare live in a socialist country. I just smiled and told him I preferred to live in a, in a country where health care and decent living conditions are considered basic human rights. You would have thought I asked to buy one of their grandkids for my dinner. The woman started cussing me out, and her husband tried to get his camera off, saying he was going to whip my ass. I decided not to wait for the bus. I didn't exactly run away, but I did walk kind of fast. I mean, what was I going to do? The only thing more humiliating than fighting with a geezer and his geezette is getting beat up by a geezer and his geezette. What kind of wacko nut jobs are you folks in the States turning into? 
As I was leaving, they kept hollering about how I was un-American and how it was all Obama's fault. I could have stopped and told them I left during the Reagan administration, but I really don't think it would have helped any. Oh well, that's what pisses me off. Um, maybe y'all could start giving the folks a sanity test before you issue my passport, please? Well, that was brilliant, and I'm sorry that we forgot to do it, but I'm glad we got to do it on a what is turning into a Germany-themed uh, show. <laughs> yes, the German Christmas Nerdcore episode. You know what I love? What doesn't piss me off is people who call in voicemails with their own soundtrack music. That is just the bomb. That is. That is pretty sweet. Little Congos going there. But yeah, I am sorry. That is pretty fucked up that you have to deal with that sort of thing, man. And immediately, you know, just kind of get accosted when you're trying to do a good turn. That's pretty brutal, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No, yeah. Sorry about that. The whole sanity test thing, never going to happen. Good idea, though. Yeah, you just if they fail, though, it's thought that you don't issue them a passport. You just don't let them get back in. <laughs> there you go. That's a good idea. All right, so before we move on here, uh, I think we've got a little bit of Bone Bat Film Festival news, do we not? We do. April 13th, 2013, at the Central Cinema in Seattle, of course, is the next installment of the Bone Bat Film Festival, and we are proud to announce our first musical guest. Of course, we've had the metal on the Bone Bat Film Festival. We've had some nerdcore on the Bone Bat Film Festival. One thing we have not had is... The funk. We're bringing the funk. We are indeed. Who we got, Gord? Tip to bass. All right. You've heard them here on the show. We had the whole band in here on a previous episode and uh, had a great time listening to their stuff. They're supposed to have a bunch of brand new music. They're basically ensconced in the studio right now, putting down fat tracks. And we're going to have some awesome music to play at this year's Bone Bat Film Festival. So you got to come. You got it. It's going to be funky. All right, well, why don't we go back to the Nerdcore for a moment, another tune. This is one that you picked, man. I did. It's The Ballad of 81 by Solace and Dr. DARPA. Behind. That wife who pines is a strife of mine 
A little girl who only knows I exist From some old photographs and events that I've missed In the end it's in their own best interest A man like me ain't deserving of a princess And if I was there I'd tell her I apologize For every time that she hurts every pain I've comprised But of course it's a lie to ease pain Ain't one till the death, nothing else in my frame These guys in their world go to war together And the bonds that are formed are, are huge It's like the brotherhood that's formed The night's cold, but no chill gets through This ain't the first hit I've been sent to do The moon shines bright on Mojave sands And I welcome it to spectate the moment at hand I'm moving as planned as I make my approach I'm forsaken reproach, time for breaking and smoke A shot rings out from a trailer to the left Let's sailing through my chest and a second through my neck God damn it, what the fuck is this? Blood gushing, guns buzzing, the percussion shifts Return fire, but I'm a dead man breathing I save one shot, this prick ain't leaving Laying still, but I'm clenching my gun As my assailant closes in like my vision is done A familiar voice speaks, the biz is the biz They won't appreciate you, but it is what it is Once again, the Ballad of 81 by Solus and Dr. DARPA uh, Dude, you got a political rant for us this holiday season? I do, and it's not going to be a hot-button issue. It's going to be something that's just been kind of irking me for a long time, and I'm, I'm going to try to, to bridge the gap and bring some sanity to this issue. Have you been irking off? I've been irking off to this for a long time. <laughs> all right. I want to talk about communication, because that's, that's what it all boils down to, communication. Communication is a receiver-based phenomenon. It's a symbol-based and receiver-based phenomenon. And what I mean by that is, if you want to communicate something, you have a thought. The way you communicate it is, you put it into a symbol, you send the symbol to a receiver, and the guy that gets, that receives that communication, he decodes the symbol and assigns meaning to it. And that symbol can be sounds, it can be gestures, it can be pictures. For example, you walk into a bar, you hold up your two fingers in the V for victory sign. Someone sees that. You've sent a message, and that receiver decides what it means. Maybe it means, yeah, victory, that's right, the Niners just won. They beat the Seahawks. Maybe they see it and they go, oh, yeah, peace, man, this guy's a mellow hippie. Maybe it's the bartender that sees it and goes, oh, that guy's ordering two beers. See, the communication happens in the recipient's mind, despite... What the sender wants to communicate, it's the symbols decoding that matters. And with that in mind, I want to talk about the Confederate flag. That little rebel flag that some of you guys like to fly or have on the back of your cell phone or have as your Xbox gamer tag design or your mic stand or what have you. Look, I understand the South has got a lot to be proud of, but when you fly that symbol, you are sending a message to a lot of people that perhaps you don't want to send. Maybe you're proud of where you live. Maybe you're proud of the heritage, the food, the authors, the beautiful land of the South. Maybe you're proud of the businesses. Maybe you're proud of your home and your people down there. There's a lot to be proud of. But when someone not from the South sees that rebel flag, they don't think rebel. They don't think, hey, that guy really likes where he lives. They think racist asshole. That is what is being decoded on the other end of things. They think civil war. Now, I hate to make the jump, the obvious jump, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
There used to be a symbol for thousands of years that was used before the Nazis grabbed it, but no one uses the swastika anymore unless they are an asshole, because that symbol has been tainted. The message that is decoded when you see that symbol is not, oh, look, there's a thousand-year-old Tibetan symbol for power and good luck. No, it's something else. So people don't use that symbol anymore. And maybe you ought to think about that and what you're communicating when you throw up that rebel flag. That, my friend, is probably not what you want to communicate. And that is my political rant. Interesting thought. I mean, if somebody co-ops your symbol through no fault of your own, you're saying that it behooves you to no longer use that symbol. So if suddenly the Bone Bat Show logo had a nefarious connotation to it. We should stop using that because of the connotation. Yeah. If it gets so big, if it was used as a battle flag for a group of people that had a racist philosophy at their core and fought a, some sort of a genocidal or near-genocidal war, yeah, I would have to retire that symbol. If every time someone saw that symbol, they didn't think the Bone Bat Show, but they thought... Oh, yeah, that's the flag that those people flew that killed all those Eskimos. You know, I'd have to go, uh, time for a new logo. It takes a lot to really soil a symbol. That's the flag that killed all the comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, for example. (laughs) Yeah, but if someone did something absolutely horrific and they flew the bone bat symbol flag while they did it, I would be likely to come up with another logo for us i guess (laughs) okay fair enough so with that in mind let's listen to another tune huh that sounds cool uh this one is from mc117 and project zero the cut is inhuman 117 get our mutant action on get it ladies and gentlemen the truth is that mutants are very real and they are among us. Started with a never ready automated reference. It parted with a partner, but I got a plan difference. Zero was the hero, but I thought he hit the evidence. Sinusoidal signal sound, they caught him in irrelevance. Drive it like a wire, just a naughty kid's embellishments. Found I was a liar from the plot. I didn't tell him it's a hypocrite for hire. Bit about a many medicines. Slithering supplier of another pretty elegance. Punishing the parents of my parasitic pedigree. Fusey, easy. Berries it in Hennessy. Stealing is essential if you want a lot of quality. As sorry as I sound, it's an automatic apology. Penny in a pound, I got no originality. Never come around to a lower illegality. Patrols and gear, it's war up. Folding lyrics, oral gummy. Spirits in the center of a battle, I began again. Spirits elemental, cause I'm addled by adrenaline. Automated activator, packing hatred that'll make a spark and start shaking like a caffeinated rattlesnake. Kobayashi crippled, fake attack, I see the dead array. Back in the computer, take a crack, I need a better grade. Racking up the record of a renegade and radical. Hacking like a deck of my antenna, made a magical particle. Steady, yo, one, ready, go. Bra, leviosa, not leviosa. And it's any old love, make a ready or not. And I bet he won't stop, cause he said he go wrong. And I nod to the heavens, about to innovate. Fraud like you thought, making lemons out of lemonade. Profit that I flaunt, tip I got by a mandate. Parker, what I I won't rip it off like a band-aid. Fear into the head of a promising degenerate. Daddy was a Jedi and my mom is Benny Jesuit. Fear is the mind killer, fear is the little death force. Is aligned, it appears I'm a winner. Excess of Tetris, stacking midi glorians. Lost in the flux in the back of my DeLorean. Time to adjust, what's six eight my signature? I'm busting customs, cut this rate by singular sonnets of lyrical ornamentations. Bird on the superior oral narration. I'll spin, billable, order my vowels and count up the syllables. Son, murdering a melody, ferrying a beat with my burgeoning ability. Leader on the move, attested by our veterans. Needle in the groove, injected like a veteran. I'm a 
medical receptacle suppressing vasopression But the method's inefficient for addressing that aggression At the one source, energy renews for a marathon Enter the dragon, call me Louis Theron Telemann no, I'm tragic, tale of trouble, kin slayer Forgo felony and fail a couple minutes later Masa mute my microphone, stripped a samurai Take anything I'd like to own, let that banner fly No promises, chimerical like Kerrigan The very model of a terrible American And the next time you feel like showing off, don't once again, that was Inhuman 117 by MC117 and Project Zero off the Nerdcore Now VPC Volume 1 CD. Again, you can get that, I believe, for free over at the Nerdcore Now website. Multimedia Triage! Multimedia Triage. Hey, yeah. I guess I'm just the rebel because everyone says this game is great. It's the best. You must buy it. I'm sorry, Black Ops 2 is Black Ops Poo. What? It is a stupid game. You, oh, you so see, you mean the campaign storyline? Yeah, the single-player campaign is idiotic. It is ridiculous. Doesn't it Let have me like give you an example kind of, of what I'm talking there's about. A, yeah, there's a time travel aspect, or there's a story in the future, and then a story in the past at the same time. I don't know if that's time travel or just jumping back and forth in the narrative. But at one point, you're attacking Russian tanks with your horse, and... <laughs> You actually utter the line, um, if they want another show of overwhelming strength, we'll give them a show of bravery. And then you ride your horse to the tank and it gets the horse gets killed. Spoiler alert. And then you have to do one of those stupid, like, pull left and right triggers to push horse off of you. <laughs> Just so much idiotic crap in it like that. And then it inexplicably moves to a tower defense game at some point. I kept finding myself trying to finish a level, thinking maybe when this level is done, I'll do something that's fun. And when it got to the tower defense, I just threw up my hands and said, forget it, this is stupid. The multiplayer is really fun, but God, don't buy it for the single player campaign. I'm sorry, I know you like it, but you're stupid. No, I haven't. Anyone who likes I it actually have, haven't played it that much. I've played a little in Nuketown 2025 with you, a little multiplayer action. Yeah, and I think fun. I've played the first two scenes in the uh, campaign, which is... You're in South America on a boat shooting at helicopters or something like that. So I have, that I have not gotten very far. Yeah, don't bother. I mean, it's almost as if the writer was paid by the number of times he uses the F word, too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gratuitous. Well, speaking of fantastic writing, the fifth and final installment of Telltale Games' Walking Dead has come out. And yeah. Fuck, dude. It is so good. That game is so goddamn good, but depressing and fucking sad. I can't remember the last time a game like got to me emotionally like that game did. Wow. Just really depressing, and it did not go the way I had hoped it would, but so very good and so very well done. I can't recommend that game highly enough. If you like video games, you ought to play that game. That's nice. It's nice that there is good writing Outside of Black Ops Poo. <laughs> I, uh, I've seen some movies. Yeah? Yeah. Catching up on some on some movies. I saw the old uh, movie Super starring, uh, oh crap, Rain, what's the guy's name? Rain Wilson from uh, yeah. The Office. From The Office. Yeah, it's not your typical superhero movie. It's not about a guy that was into comic books or into superheroes. 
It's just about a guy who goes a little crazy, a little a little falling down crazy, but instead of walking around town with a briefcase with a sandwich in it and a shotgun, he sews himself a superhero suit and uh, takes on evil with a pipe wrench. So is it kind of like Kick-Ass? It is kind of like Kick-Ass. It's, it's a lot more disturbing and a lot more real, I guess, than Kick-Ass was. Those two movies came out right around the same time. Yeah, and that was kind of like I went and saw Kick-Ass and I sort of just ignored Super at the moment because of that, I think. Yeah, Kick-Ass was a lot more fun. Super was more of a, I guess you could say, a, a drama. Kevin Bacon is in it. He chews up the scenery. Ellen Page is in it. She is one disturbing actress. She <laughs> does yet another role that makes me wince and go, oh my God, you're, oh, this movie, movie to watch. Watch it, Super. Nice. Another movie I saw, I guess it's a little more recent, based on a screenplay, was uh, Carnage. Did you see that? I don't even know about it. Who's in it? Jodie Foster. Briley, well, what the crap is his name? Man, big guy, are, curly hair. You are terrible guy. with actors, aren't you? I am. I'm the worst. And it's not my brain damage either. I'm just wired this way. John C. Riley. That's who it was. Dewey Cox. It Dewey Cox say, is in it. Yeah. It doesn't say but, Cox until he says it tastes like Cox. You're really making my movie review a lot better. That's one of my favorite lines from that movie. That, that so movie was great all the way around. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. Anyway, the deal is these two couples in New York are meeting in one of the couple's apartment to discuss a fight that their kids had in the park. And it, the couples start out as polite and fake as possible, and as it goes on, they just become more and more mean, less polite, more real. And Jodie Foster is an absolute joy to watch because she is this brittle, caustic, horrid little woman that just completely loses her shit in this movie. The plot goes almost nowhere. It's just fun to watch the actors work. <laughs> Carnage. I'd check it out just to watch Jodie Foster. Her performance is just freaking great. Okay. And finally, I watched Mongol. Have you seen Mongol? I have not. This is the first Mongolian movie I think I've ever seen, starring probably every actor in Mongolia. <laughs> and it's about Genghis Khan. Nice. And it was a cool movie in the way it was shot and the story and everything, but it was kind of ruined for me because even though the story of Genghis Khan's life is documented and written down like like it's just historical fact it's very easy to find out what his life was this movie completely ignored it and made up their own Genghis Khan story <laughs> so it was really distracting so it's like this Genghis Khan alternative history yeah that's what it was it'd be like doing a George Washington story where he's you know the son of uh, I don't know an alien blacksmith and defeats the Redcoats with a plasma cannon or something it's just <laughs> wait what so if you don't know anything about Genghis Khan, watch the movie. If you do, avoid it because it's distracting. <laughs> but if you enjoyed Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter... Maybe, yeah, you might like this. Maybe this is right up your alley. Yeah. Well, speaking of recent revisions, we saw The Hobbit this weekend. Wait, revision? I haven't seen it yet. Did yes. they change the story? They did not change the story, but they've actually taken some stuff... That it's kind of cool how they did it. I really enjoyed the construction of the film because, you know, they're making it into three films now. 
That seems like too many. It seems like too many, I know, and that was my first thought. But what they did was they took stuff that kind of happens off screen. Like uh, Gandalf, there will be a scene where uh, Gandalf is telling Frodo about Radagast the Brown. All right. And so the entire thing of what happened to Radagast the Brown, another wizard in Middle Earth, that oh, I thought that was the name of his sex toy. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. But it, that, it happens on screen, and you actually get to see it. So it's cool. They kind of expanded some things that you've never seen before, but were just told about third hand. And it makes for just a really cool way to flesh out the film. And some of the scenes like Bilbo and the Trolls, fantastic. Uh, the scene out of the frying pan and into the fire where they're in the trees and the wargs are after them, just really great stuff. The... Entire battle under the Misty Mountains with the goblins mm-hmm. is insano. It is one of the most crazy-ass battles you've seen in a long time on the screen. Just absolutely over the top. The film moves with much more of a brisk pace than the Lord of the Rings films did. It's so much less plot-heavy that it, they're able to spend a lot more time on action beats. And it's just a lot of fun. I had a great time watching it. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad you. I'm glad you liked it. I'll probably like it too. Yeah, I really liked it a lot, and definitely take the boys because they're going to totally love it. Right on. Going to do it. Uh, a couple of books I've been reading. Uh, I'm working on the new Lee Child book, Wanted Man, the latest Jack Reacher. Now you know there's a Jack Reacher movie coming out in a couple weeks, which is very perplexing to me because I don't like Tom Cruise. I view Jack Reacher as a big, big man. Yeah, because that's how he's written. And he's described Cruise that isn't. way, yes. Yeah, he's described that way. I really want to see this movie. I'm looking forward to it. It's based on One Shot, which is one of the tightest Jack Reacher books. So it was really a good choice for the first film. And I think it's going to kick ass. But here, here's the, the setup for Wanted Man. It's really cool. At the end of the last book, or two books ago, I guess, uh, Worth Dying For, he gets dumped off at a cloverleaf that is heading towards Denver one direction, Salt Lake City in another direction. And he's left there to hitchhike. And about an hour later, he's picked up by two men and a woman who are driving in a vehicle. And they're wearing all wearing like denim shirts, all matching denim shirts. And he thinks that they're part of some sort of a corporate retreat or something. And at the same time this is going on, he's trying to figure out the story of these people he's hitchhiked with. There's another case going on where a sheriff is trying to solve who murdered this guy in cold blood and left his body in like this pump house station in the middle of nowhere. And so Reacher is starting to figure out that, wow, the woman in the back seat has been carjacked and that these two guys who are with her are nefarious in some way. And so I'm not even to the point where shit gets tight yet, but it's a really riveting read. I can't put it down at this point. It's really good stuff. And Lee Child's such a good writer. I mean, his books are always yeah. brisk and fun and really enjoyable and, you know, super readable. So I definitely re- would recommend it. The other thing I've been catching up on is uh, Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley's comic series, The Invincible. I don't know this series. Now, as you know, big fan of Walking Dead, and I've read all of that. I'm completely caught up. But I had never checked out Invincible before, and they have the Ultimate Collections at our local library. So I've been, like, reading from the start, and they're big, glorious, beautiful hardcover books. And basically the story of Invincible is this. This kid is growing up. And when he is like 10 years old, his father takes him aside and tells them that he 
the father is basically Superman. He's from another planet. He has all the power in the world. And the reason he's always gone on business is because he's always saving the world. <laughs> and soon, before long, you're going to have powers of your own, son. So not long later, his powers come in and he becomes fast and he can fly and he can't be hurt and he's strong. All these things. But then he finds out that his father is not Superman. His father is General Zod. Oh, right his on. father was sent to Earth to prepare it for takeover. And the series springboards from there. And it's a really great twist. You think you know where it's going, and you didn't. And the way it plays off of other comic book tropes, like sometimes it'll make fun of the you know, Legion of Superheroes, the DC stuff. Sometimes it'll poke a little fun at Star Trek. Then it just has these little beats in it, plus really good, strong character writing like Kirkman is known for. So I've been loving the series, really good stuff, and I would recommend if you haven't read it, you know, check them out. They're probably worth adding to your weekly box. Okay, then. Duly noted. And that's about all I've got. How about oh, you? Oh, God, you know, I just read the most recent uh, issue of Chew, the comic book that we talked about to death on the show. Yeah, have you read it? I have not. I have like the last four issues. I've been saving up, and I've got to. Re- I want to read them together. Oh man, this one is surprising. Really? Yeah. When I finished reading it, I went, "Well, did not see that coming." It's really good. That series continues to be really good. Um, although when I finished it, there was an author's note that sort of said, "Yeah, mm-hmm, this is happening." And he said, this is the midpoint of the series. That, what has he done, 30 comic books? There's 30 more, and then he's done with it. So have you been reading all along, or did you just pick this one up in midstream? No, I've been reading ever since you gave me the first trade paperback of it. So I I caught up to, like, the first five or six issues, and ever since then I've been reading it. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I've, I've got them sitting right here, so I'll definitely read those right away. Yeah, tell me what you think. Nice. And yeah, I'm still reading Walking Dead, and Walking Dead right now is fucking brutal. I hear it's Rocking Dead. Rick and the gang are in the shit right now. Things are getting rough since issue 100, and each issue has just gotten more and more thrilling and terrifying. So we'll see where this goes, but they are in a world of danger at this point. That happens to them quite a bit. Good stuff. All right, dude, well, why don't we listen to uh, one more tune? Hey, let's do that. This is one, another one you picked by uh, Shubzilla, who we saw at the Post-Pax concert. Oh, I love this song. I'm so glad that uh, they actually recorded this song. <laughs> you and I, as, as men, can't really identify with this song, but as married men with wives who decided at some point, I need to breed now, <laughs> we kind of understand where this is coming from. Absolutely an atypical nerdcore song. This is Baby Steps by Shabzilla and the Chairman. Precious faces to marriage, lady clocks going tick-tock, honeymoon in heaven happen. I'm the newest bride up in the block, Shabzilla's mad conspiring. That what you, sir, can bestow, your wifey's weaving wonderfully. A sick surprise, you want to know? Honey, let me put it bluntly, don't want no Benz Mercedes. My drive should be a mother and I want a bunch of babies. Fill my quiver full with some arrows like we the Duggar family. You used to be an MC till you took a baby to the knee. You say you want four or five well it's 
time for baby making. I'm cake tapping that ass. They blasting out XY bacon. Saddle up, horsey style. John out all same lettered names. Gimme Jimmy, Jack, John, Jaquan, Dodge, and Upper. Don't play no games. It's parenthood or you're dead. Impotent sealing your doom. New mama time is ahead. And I want those babies real soon. Let me work to rev your engine. We'll be expecting by June. Bunny hop onto your fat dick. Don't quit. Fill me up till you're through. I want a baby. I want a Right, you can be my Lone Ranger. High ho, silver between my thighs. Let you hang with that swag. Fake pony mask in that strut. Force fucking getting you hard. Mr. Hand styling your nuts. So dry your eyes and no tears. This would happen in due time. Lube it up and down to the floor. Slick through this big slip and slide. You can't help losing control. Must mean I'm doing it quick. Now just lay back and do yours. Atari, play your joystick. Nobody cares what you say. You done lost against your wife. You better expect triple XX rexing up your painful life. I'm gonna make it happen. If it's on the border of crime. So yell and yap all you want. Your chromosomes are still mine. No question, set erection. Put out and be a grown man. The birth control's out the door. Cause procreation's a plan. Pop lock, drop holes in your magnums. Jarring up all your release. Getting on that parenthood tip. Shooting out one baby a piece. I want a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. Once again, that was Shubzilla and the Chairman with Baby Steps from the Nerdcore Now VPC Volume 1 CD. Again, you can pick that up at nerdcorenow.bandcamp.com slash album slash VPC dash 2011 slash compilation. <sighs> Thanks to Cloth and Pop for uh, including us in the whole VPC process. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Hi. 
So, dude. Dude. Let's do something a little different, filthy joke-wise, this episode. Since it is the holiday season, and since you were a rhetoric major, who better to read an absolutely blue version of the (laughs) cherished Christmas classic, The Night Before Christmas? Thank you. Gather around the fire, children. Do I need hot cocoa? Yeah. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and God, it was neat. The kids were both gone, and my wife was in heat. The doors were all bolted and the phone off the hook. It was time for some nookie, by hook or by crook. The wife in her teddy, and I in the nude, had just hit the bedroom and reached for the lube. When out on the lawn there arose such a cry that I lost my boner, and poor Mama went dry. Up to the window I sprang like an elf, tore back the shade while she played with herself. The moon on the crest of the snowman we'd built showed the broom up his ass clean up to the hilt. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a rusty old sleigh and eight mangy reindeer with a little fat driver half out of his sled, a sock in his ear and a bra on his head. Sure as I'm speaking, he was high as a kite and he yelled to his team, but it didn't sound right. Whoa, shithead, whoa, asshole, whoa, stupid, whoa, putz. Either slow down this rig or I'll cut off your nuts. Look out for the lamppost and don't hit the tree. Quit shaking the sleigh. I gotta go pee. They cleared the old lamppost. The tree got a rub. Santa leaned out and threw up on my shrub. And then from the roof we heard such a clatter as each little reindeer now emptied his bladder. I was donning my jacket to cover my ass when down the chimney Santa came with a crash. His suit was all smelly. With perfume galore, he looked like a bum and he smelled like a whore. That was some brothel, he said with a smile. The reindeer pooped, I'll just stay here a while. He walked to the kitchen, himself poured a drink, then whipped out his pecker and pissed in my sink. I started to laugh. My wife smiled with glee. The old boy was hung nearly down to his knee. Back in the den, Santa reached in his sack, but his toys were all gone and some new things were packed. The first thing he found was a pair of false tits. The next was a handgun with a penis that spits. A box filled with condoms was Santa's next find, and six pair of panties, the edible kind. A bra without nipples, a penis extension, and several things that I shouldn't even mention. A cock ring, a g-string, and all types of oil, a dildo so long it lay in a coil. This stuff ain't for kids. Mrs. Santa will shit, so I'll leave him here, uh, and then I'll just split. He filled every stocking, then took his leave, with one tiny butt plug tucked under his sleeve. He sprang to his sleigh, but his feet were like lead. Thus he fell on his ass and farted instead. In time he was seated, took the reins of his hitch. Take me home, Rudolph, this night's been a bitch. The sleigh was near gone when we heard Santa shout, the best thing about sex is it never wears out. <laughs> Merry Christmas, children. Bravo. I thank you. I wish I had some jingle bells to jingle. Oh, just jingle whatever you got. The tree wasn't the only thing that got a rub, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, thank yous. Once again, I'd like to thank uh, all of the artists who took place in the VPC competition last year. Again, January 4th at NerdCore Now, you will find the first round of competition. 
And uh, keep your ears here for more information on this as the rounds commence. Once again, our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557, or you can email us at steve at bonehand.com. You can find my work at mightywombat.com, a new cartoon every week. And on Twitter, I'm mighty underscore wombat. You can We've follow, got a Facebook page. We do with that. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there. We've got new content on Bonehand.com almost every week, including the heavy half hour when we're not doing Bonebat. Of course, thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. What better Christmas gift could you give than a whole bunch of this in somebody's ear? I can't think of a better gift. I can't either. Our closing tune tonight is uh, one last cut from the Nerdcore Now VPC Volume 1 compilation. This is My Baby Left Me for Skyrim by Kabuto the Python and Beaker, also featuring the mighty Schaefer the Dark Lord. Awesome. Yeah. I hope you enjoy it. Once again, I am Steve. This is Gord. Have a merry one. I do have a merry one. <laughs> Just to find out my baby was an orc princess I said, hey, I'm back And tried to give her a little kiss But she said, not now Listen, good is in the fridge I said, I want a microwave to scratch my cap Trying to figure what could have my baby act like that After dinner on the couch Watching Game of Thrones Trying to get with all the tropes Trying to play along I said, baby, come on I think I got this You're a Targaryen ride Like the Dragonborn She said, Kabuto You're such a damned male This isn't George R.R. This is Tamriel I said, damn it, girl I just want to spend some time together She said, I kick a beat or make a rhyme, whatever I'm like, all I'm asking you is just to talk So can you spare a couple words? She said, first of all My baby left me for Skyrim And she did, oh lord My baby left me and now My baby, she is at war My baby left me for Skyrim And she did, oh lord My baby left me because Because I ain't a nord Days turned to month as she occupied the desk Full of half Snacks and have a red bulls. I'm like, you don't look so good. Let me check your temple. She like, nah, it's cool. I get a blessing at the temple. What the fuck? That's some A game Spurgeon. Even if the game has some way lame Durgans, I guess I can't relate. I'm just too cray cray urban. If I had to make a dude, I'd be like, hey, slay Merlin. Major a wizard who's a gangster Mac and can as quickly lay a maiden as he lays the track. But I don't, so I won't, cause this game is whack. Took my fucking girl and never gave her back. Come on, girl. Why's it gotta be like that?
Yeah, that's that's all concussion oh, all the time. My head hurts. I'm a pussy. Blah, blah, I can't do numbers. I can't think. 